0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we bring the stories of real life rescues to you firsthand from those involved. Uh, I'm your host today, Grant, and with me I've got Jason Baldwin. He's an engineer paramedic for Sac Metro Fire in California, and we're going to be talking about a grab that was made in September of this year. So welcome, Jason. How are you doing? Uh, Thanks for having me, Grant. I'm doing well. So tell us a little bit about Sac Metro.
1: So a little bit about Sac Metro, um, we have roughly... 40 stations um we cover the anything outside of the city limits of sacramento so we have roughly i would guess eight hundred thousand to probably a million in total population um ranging from you know rural to high density housing to you know commercial occupancies uh we got a little bit of everything where i work um we have, like I said, about 40 engines. We have seven truck companies throughout the district. We have tiller trucks, straight sticks, um, hazmats. Um, obviously, I'm a rescue company. We've got dozer operations, air operations, boats. You know, so you definitely can get your hands in just about anything you want to uh, at SAC Metro, which is which is really cool.
0: Nice. So, what what's your search culture there?
1: So I think uh, our search culture—we're pretty aggressive. We're definitely uh, moving in the right direction. We're just—we're coming out with a new search document, if you will, that's pretty much outlining the types of searches that you know are out there that we can do. Um, you know, I, th- I would say a lot of the times we're doing split searches, um, but it's really dependent upon the crews, the experience levels, the incident, the complexity of the incident, and so forth. But I would say a majority of what we do on the rig that I'm on are, are going to be a split search. Um, Obviously still, you know, VES um, opportunities as they arise, you know, rise, but um, yeah, we're, we're definitely pretty aggressive as far as the search, you know, our, we're preaching, you know, fast water, fast search, you know, to all the new guys and gals um, as far as, you know, what our expectations are on the fire ground.
0: What's that, you know, you mentioned that document, is that a document that's being created from within uh like from the the line members or is that document coming from administration or kind of a conglomerate of the two
1: i think it's a conglomerate of the two um obviously we're taking a lot of uh, um information throughout the country and kind of making it as a document that that works for our department as a whole um and obviously with that you know admin has to sign off on it before it's you know sent out to the overall the staff or you know the line membership if you will um, just as far as you know, some wording and so forth. Um it's not reinventing the wheel or anything like that. Um, but it's definitely breaks down each type of search, you know, search the the importance of search size up, life fire layout. Um, just the you know, we're, we're trying to get away from you know the the Firefighter One Academies where they're you know hang on to your partner's boot and you can't leave the wall kind of search, you know, to where we're actually you know, getting on the ground or finding people, you know, and, and feeling for victims. So, um, that's, that's on its way out. Um, a lot of guys at my station are currently, um, involved with it. Um, looking forward to seeing, I've read it. It's pretty thorough and, uh, I'm looking forward to it being
0: published and coming out. Cool. We'll look forward to reading, reading up on that. What do you guys get on a single family residential house fire?
1: So this fire actually came in as a commercial. Um, Which we now have a multi-tenant occupancy, if you will. That's what the SOG states. So um, with that, we get five engines, three trucks, two BCs, and a medic.
0: And then, how do you guys go to work? Is it uh, like a playbook? Pre-arrival assignments, IC driven. Pretty black and white SOGs as to what we each arriving unit's supposed
1: to do. Um, And obviously, you know things can change based upon the complexity of the incident. You know, for life life priority. Property conservation and so
0: forth. So, so who's doing your searches for the most part in Sac Metro?
1: I would say most like most of them are going to be the truck companies. However, we're kind of getting away. From, I would say getting away from that, but we're encouraging. You know, as we are technically, you know, we only have seven truck companies. Where our neighboring agency has, has quite a few more. So we're kind of under trucked, if you will. So we're trying to push this search document, like, hey, not just you know, a lot of victims are found by engine companies, right? You know, so to get engine. Engine companies comfortable with searching off of a hose line, um, you know, just getting them up to 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 where their comfort level is where where it should be, you know, to where it's not like, oh, we can't perform a search just because the truck's not here. Um, but I would say a lot of the times uh the trucks are gonna be assigned primary search, secondary search. Um, but that's not always the case. I mean, I've been on several fires where engine companies are um, taking search because the truck's running with three Oh, we're not going to split. You can't split with three, you know? So, um, it it really is dependent upon the incident need. Um, you know, we may be coming from out of position and then maybe the third in engines, assigned search. So it's not something that's out of the ordinary that would happen. Um, but I would say a lot of times the truck companies are definitely assigned search most of the time.
0: Cool. Uh, take us to September 26th, 2023 and let's talk about the scrap.
1: Yeah, sure. thing. So, um, let's see, let's go. What do we got? It was, uh, so it was, yeah, September 26th, it was day two. We were coming, you know, obviously second day of our shift, uh, it was dispatched. We we're all in quarters, dispatched at three, forty nine was the initial dispatch. Um, we got dispatched to a commercial structure, um in route. My captain told me the apartment complex that it was at. So I knew right where it was at. It was actually probably about two to three miles away um, to the east of our station, kind of on the outskirts of our first inn. It technically was our first inn, but it was like a bordering area of us and station 28. So it's always a race to get there. So um it's a complex that we've trained at several times, you know, hose poles with probationary firefighters, you know, and so forth. So I knew the entrances to get in. Um, so we we all arrived pretty much simultaneously us. So it was engine 28 was technically the first driving engine 21 was right behind him. And then us uh, on rescue 21. Um, just as we were getting or about pulled into the complex, the dispatch advised us of a possible, possible victim trapped. Um, and reading through the notes, the captain said, Hey, um, occupants heard explosion, then heard, you know, saw obviously a lot of fire. So um, as we came in, um. Uh, I'll go over the kind of the placement so we were pulled into the complex and it was literally like the second building or you know group of apartments it was a on the right hand side Um, and there was a cutout where I could take oncoming if you will so engine 28 pulled right into the in front of the, the apartment unit I took oncoming with engine 21 and parked parallel next to engine 28 turned all my scene lights and stuff like that um and 28 was or 21 was laying forward to try and get a plug for 28 and my reason for taking oncoming was in case they had to lay in from you know the main street where the entrance was it, it was it was open so um when we got there uh we arrived to find a two-story uh, alcove style apartment is what we call them um, with heavy fire on the first floor it was, looks like it was lapping up into the second with a possible second floor exposure um so as we pulled in i kind of paint the picture. Um, there was the first floor was heavy fire coming out of both the alpha side windows and the patio, probably 10 wall foot flame lengths, um, as well as heavy fire out of the 80 corner. Um, as I pulled up, I noticed on the D side, one of their fire coming out of one of the windows, and there was a window that was still intact. Um, so I just kind of noted that. Um, and then as we were making uh way to the fire unit, um, as they're laid out, you pre- an alcove style, you pretty much have one stairwell that goes up to two apartments. There's one landing up there, and then you have two apartments down on the first floor. So there's only one means of egress from upstairs. Um, as you were going to the fire unit, it was the downstairs, the bottom right unit. There was heavy fire coming out of the, I would call it the entry window, if you will, to the alcove. Um, probably, like I said, 10 or 12 foot lapping up. To the second floor landing with good you know smoke was pretty banked down up at the second floor landing and we've talked you know about tactics um as a crew with this we made it a call to go all in for search and um with that team one is pretty much made up of the captain and the saw firefighter who sits behind the captain and myself the engineer and the tools firefighter of team two so team one made the call they were going to take the hot floor uh, which was the fire floor. And so we were assigned the second floor. Uh, so typically we'll do a search on the second floor evacuations as needed on the second floor. And then I typically will meet up with the, you know, team one. So we made, uh, as we were coming up, we got reports, Hey, there's a victim. There's a victim. Um, and it was unclear on what unit it was, you know, as we got there. Um, so somebody said she was in the upstairs. Somebody said they were in the downstairs. So it was kind of, you know, really was no actual real solid intel so we went up uh, my partner you know obviously was a little ahead of me since my scba is in the rear in the back of the cab with him so i told him hey go force the door i'll meet you in there so we went in uh searched the second floor unit directly above the fire and uh smoke conditions were favorable i mean it did look like it was lapping it like it possibly was extended in the second floor based on our arrival um smoke conditions were probably i don't know shoulder height chest level so it was a pretty easy uh primary to complete on the the unit directly above the fire. There's no actual extension into that unit. Um, so we were able to get a primary done pretty quickly. Um, it had just broken that window directly above on the alpha side. Uh, once we cleared that, um, I radioed into command, let them know that the primary was complete on the unit directly above the fire unit. Um, and then my partner was asking me, Hey, what are we doing next? I told him, Hey, force that um, door on the, Bravo one exposures, we call it. So that would be the second floor Bravo unit on the alcove landing, if you will. So he forced that uh, pretty much. It was crystal clear inside. So we were able to, you know, complete a primary really quickly on that. Uh, radio in command, that primary was complete on the second floor, Bravo one exposure. And I was making my way down to the fire unit side and heard a primary complete on that yet. So at the time there was multiple lines um, getting knocked down the fire. One of them. As we made our way into the um, fire unit, I told my partner, hey, we're going to go in. We're going left, you know, because based upon these apartments that I've been in, um, I knew the patio kind of where the where the fire bulk of the fire was. And on the alpha side, that was pretty much the kitchen, the living room, you know. Um, And then, like I said, when I showed up, I saw that one of the delta side windows was still intact. So my plan, hey, we're going to go in. We're going back to the left. We're going to try and find this bedroom. So, as I made my way into the um, fire unit, smoke conditions were pretty terrible at that time because we had two hose lines on the fire. It was still active fire in the fire unit. Um, I went in engine company was probably about I would say three feet, three or four feet in the in the door on the left, so I bypassed them, um went through the live I could tell I was in a living room just based on the furniture that I was you know walking over and just you know I could kind of feel. Made my way, got to, you know, didn't find any doors, got all the way to the Delta side window. My partner pretty much ran to the back of me I said, Hey, man, I don't have any doors. I'm going back to the, the front of the entry to see where these bedrooms are at. So I peeled off. He split, pretty much completed a prime, you know, assisted with the primary on, the, you know, the living room, kitchen area. So I went around to back to the fire, like the entry of this unit. And um, at that time, the engine company had advanced further in. I found myself. I, there was a small, small hallway. It was like probably you open this door, and it was like two feet. You walk in, and is directly left was this small hallway. So I got. I found myself in this hallway. I'm like, cool, all right. I'm somewhere different. So I found my way. Go right directly into a uh, linen closet, just completely charred up that I could tell. Once I got to it, I went left. Found myself into a, into a bathroom, which was a really large bathroom. It was probably. Twelve feet long maybe so i was like all right maybe it's a jack and jill or something so go all the way to the back check the tub no uh secondary door you know so i was like all right so it's not a jack and jill come back out um and uh finally uh continue with my search and i find a door probably five or six feet outside you know once i walk out go once i got outside that uh bathroom And kind of going back before, like typically I'll get like a life fire layout, get down, get low. But smoke conditions were already so terrible at that time with two lines on. It it was pretty much visibility was very poor. So I find this door and it was shut, open the door. And at that point I was able to kind of get down get a life fire layout. And smoke was probably, I don't know, I would say 12 to 15 inches off the ground and got down really low uh, i was you know could tell it was carpet i could see like a trunk like a chest at the end of, you know of a bed and i saw the corner post of this bed so i was like cool i'm in a bedroom and uh so i go make my way in and uh find the, the bed posts I'm like all right cool get up kind of how I'm, I'm feeling can't really see anything and move mo- move down a little bit and you know i'm Two feet are just hanging off the bed, like right there, right in front of my face. And I'm like, all right, like this is, I got a victim, you know? And so I, I, I yell out victim, victim, victim seemed like forever, you know? And it was kind of weird. So at the time, you know, visibility was poor. I kind of get up on the bed and see if there's another victim. I I was kind of doing a quick assessment, like, Hey, am I going to drag her out? Or is she going to, is she deceased beyond you know recognition where I'm not going to bring her out? But obviously she was still very, you know, viable, um, you know, her arms and legs move freely and everything. So I got her on the ground, um, on her back and I was by myself. So I radioed to command. I said, command rescue 21. I got a victim. I'm coming out the alpha side. And at that time, as I was getting her out, I just grabbed her legs and I noticed, you know, visibility was getting a lot better. I'm like, ah, that's kind of weird, you know? And, um, that Maybe because I opened the door or whatever. I'll come back to that after I get them out. And so I get the woman grab her. She was probably, I would say, 5'5", five, five, 120 pounds. So she was just a tiny thing. And uh, so I was able to – didn't really re- think about going out the window just based upon the location where I was inside this apartment. I was probably 10 feet total from where she was at to the front door, maybe a little bit more. So I had her on her back grab her feet drug her outside at that point a couple of my you know other guys on the fire ground said hey what do you need i said just lead me out just lead me out you know because there's debris and other stuff and so they're like hey follow me so got her out and then at that point um somebody else grabbed her arms legs got her out to the front Radio command let them know hey they're on the alpha side you know front lawn um and then they were telling me where, when the medic was there. And so I kind of, at, at you know, at the time I was like, all right, I'm going to kind of like help with rendering care. And it was kind of like, you know, obviously in the moment. And uh, at that point it's probably, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds on by. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I got to go back in and, and complete this primary. Like I know where I left off. And so all my partner, all the got other crews on the fire ground, like, Hey, we're good. We got it. And so um, I go back inside and uh at that point, several other people were in that bedroom, you know, assisted with the primary. We were able to clear the primary uh on the fire floor. And uh yeah, that was that. Um they ended up transporting her to a nearby hospital and uh she uh she lived for probably I don't know, 10, 12 hours and later, you know, passed due to her injuries. But um some time, so I was able to con- get a hold of uh, our dispatch. So we were dispatched at 0349. We were on scene at 0353 and the victim removal was at 0400. So, from on scene time to getting the victim out was, was seven minutes. Um, so, back to what I was saying, like, so I've got there's tons of video going around about this fire, and it was kind of weird. Like, my partner, one of the guys on the engine who was typically on, he was an engine 21 firefighter, but he was riding on the engine to prep for the engineer test. Um, he actually hit the the window where the victim was at with his hose line because he thought he you know it was smoky or whatever it was and it had shattered that window. And he said once he you could see it in his video he was getting a ton of smoke that was coming out of that window, which makes sense is why I was getting a a good amount of lift out of that bedroom when I found that victim. So it was kind of like a simultaneous, you know, assist if you will. Um, but it was kind of interesting watching you know, different crews, videos, you know, and then kind of comparing them with the time as to what, what actually happened. So that's cool. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I
0: mean, um, good story. What, when you, so lighter victim, you guys, you did a feet first drag uh, about 10 feet in, in proximity to the front door. Was she slippery at all? You know, like there's some where we've had where, you know, we're like, we're
1: not taking them out. They're beyond recognition, you know, and they, they definitely, they feel totally different. And I can share that, you know, just based on experience, you know, I've kicked myself, you know, like had fires where I'm, you know, crawling over, you know, people that have been burned for, you know, two, three hours, and they feel completely different. So um, definitely felt like you or I were laying in bed, you know, Um, and, you know, it was that split, that that quick decision-making where I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to go out a window. Kept her just, I got pictures and, you know, like you can see the smoke conditions, Um, definitely getting her down on the ground, you know, below that smoke was definitely a good call. Um, And I, you know, at the time I thought maybe I'll wrap her in a blanket, you know, and, and assist with getting her out. But I just wanted to get her, she had already been there long enough that I I just like, you know, I'm just going to grab her. She's light. Um, I didn't, there was no slippage or anything like that. It was a pretty straightforward, just down and dirty, got her out real quick,
0: so Nice. And timing, this was quick. That falls right in line with that, uh, you know, five to 10 minutes getting victims out. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, you said people came to help you uh, and your only need was really just lead me out and kind of move some stuff. Uh, yeah. I picked up on, mm-hmm. picked up on that. That's that's a pretty good, sometimes too many hands in the, in the, in the kitchen make for difficult work. Yeah. And, I, and at the time,
1: like, you know, cause I've talked to several people about it and, you know, I could have passed her off. Um, but at the time, like it, it felt like forever, you know, like I was like victim, 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 you know, and it was just, it really got, got, got a calm, you know, I wasn't like panicking or anything like that. And I was like, all right, let's get her down, let's get her out. Like I, I was already starting to get her out. Like I called it radio, you know, typically I would, you know, Hey, pass them off to you. Or if you're my partner, I'll radio it in, continue with the search, you know, but I was by myself kind of, so I, I made the call, you know, I'm just gonna get her out. At that point, that bedroom will be exposed. let can continue searching. I'll go back, continue searching it. You know, so in a perfect world, I could have passed her off, you know, so it's something I could have could have done. Um, but I, I knew the way out, you know. So it seemed like it was it was hard to find um initially, you know. So um yeah, a couple of takeaways too um that I uh I found is you know, obviously, we searched the upstairs unit. We searched two of them. So, the one, the Bravo one exposure, was a multi bedroom apartment, which was totally different than the one directly above the fire. The one directly above the fire was the exact same layout as the fire unit. So, um, looking back now, any apartment fire that I go on, we're typically team two, we're going to search above. Then probably come back down and do the primary, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good chance that the layouts are pretty similar, if not identical. So I went back after the fire, a couple crews and they were completely identical to one another. So that's um, something to definitely, that I took away from this fire, you know? Uh, so if you find yourself searching multiple units, um, take a little, me- a little mental note of, of the layout, if you will, because the second, the fire unit was, you couldn't see anything in it. So.
0: Great point. What else you got? You got any other takeaways off of this one then? Uh, Let me think here. Um, So another thing that I I like to, you
1: know, we, you know, is expect fire, expect victims. I mean, it's, it's nothing, not new terminology or anything like that, but it's, it's, it means something because like a lot of times I tell people they've asked, you know, my phones, people have been calling me. It's like, we if you're not expecting victims all the time you're not going to search like there's victims you know so when they we arrived on scene like oh possible victim like cool like all right like my i didn't my heart rate didn't jump up i wasn't like panicking or anything like that like i'm gonna go in i'm gonna search how i do on every fire if somebody's in there we're gonna find them there's nobody in there we're gonna still search as if there is you know so um you know always expecting those things um like i said the um the layouts of the apartments were pretty were completely identical um so looking back i brought you know at the time it was it was hap- all happening so fast you know um that definitely rate radi- you know either radio into team one hey bedrooms are down on the left or something like that you know might have helped them but you know i mean at the end of the day you know our, our crew we found the victim we got him out you know um So yeah, that's, um, trying to get any other takeaways. Uh, so another thing like is we obviously we take a lot of pride in the primary search that we own it. Right. So we obviously team two ultimately didn't get like the glorified, you know, search, if you will, the hot search, but we, I still hadn't heard team one complete the primary on the fire unit. And so once we had completed that second floor search, I was like, Hey, we're going into the fire unit. Like we're going to, we're going to assist with this primary till it's complete. And, you know, we ended up getting a grab. So, um, you know, that's a win for, for the company, you know, um, as a whole.
0: That's good. Well, cool. Um, if, where can guys, uh, as we wrap up today, where can guys look to see that SEC Metro document when it comes out? Are you guys going to make that, uh, a public thing or going to be somewhere on, online? Sorry, you cut out, out there. Yeah. As, uh, as we wrap up this, and I know we talked about that that SAC Metro document on search that you guys are gonna do. Is that gonna be something that's gonna be online or available for other people to uh, to check out?
1: Ah, uh, you know that's a good question. I mean, obviously, it's got to be uh, published first. Um, I can reach out to you at a later date. You know, talk to some buddies that are you know pretty much in charge of it and and let you know. Because um, it's definitely, I mean, it's not it's not reinventing the wheel. It's it's just a good search document as far as you know. Search size up, life fire layout, the types of searches that we're going to do, tools that bring, etc. Yeah, stuff like that.
0: That's um, good. That's good. Cool. Yeah, you know, and that's the big point. Like, let's not reinvent the the wheel. Okay. I feel I feel like a lot of people are out there teaching search, preaching search, and it's it's cool to see collectively the country moving in that direction together and uh, taking egos aside and, and sharing what we got and making it better for them. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. Yeah, totally, man. Well, cool. Um, I think we're going to wrap up, but uh, I appreciate you calling, uh, getting a hold of me, wanting to share the story. Uh, like we do at, at the end of every podcast, we want to encourage people, you know, be aggressive with your searches, own them. I love that that you said, just own that primary. Uh, and then like, let's report it. So go to firefighter rescue survey, report any grabs that you're getting. And if you're willing to share the story, just get a hold of me and we can, we can, Put it out there for everybody to listen to. You know, thanks, Jason, for getting a hold of me. And, and until next time, stay safe.